Thanks for tuning in. We're on blogtalkradio.com slash Larcher and Lawrence. We also have the Larcher and Lawrence text line, 773-559-5189. Local rate supply. At Larcher Lawrence on Twitter. I just heard. I just She just checked it. I heard we are on the air. So yeah. now you can relax and not have to worry about us. Not I, don't, I don't have to look ever hour. again. I did that last week when the other guys were in town for uh-huh. the Rocky Podcast. I'm sure. You missed it. I got to tell you, I had a rough week last week. It yeah, was I very tough. Did. It was very tough. It was tough. difficult. I, I did a show without you here, and it was hard to not have you here. I don't know if you realize just how you left me hanging out. Well, I told you I was going to Burning Man. Yeah, and you were there you, having a wonderful time. Well, you were having your Wednesday night uh, Rocky show. I was going to reenact Rocky with a group of people. <laughs> you were. You told me you were going to get a group that of people together to do it. How did that go? Well, I, while you were doing the Rocky show, I was stranded in the desert. Now, you were. This is real. This is real. Because the first I had heard of it was Thursday night. We did the last week's show Wednesday night, uh-huh. as we do every Wednesday. And and the first that I heard of it Thursday night, I I I, I actually saw a Facebook post from you about it. So then yeah. I started texting, and I wasn't sure what was real and wasn't real. Well, what what happened? All right. So I was planning on going to Burning Man, and if you don't know what Burning Man is, it's a bunch of kids, a bunch of old people, a bunch of everything, good, bad, ugly getting together in the desert, about 70,000 people, and they construct a city around uh, this man who happened to be a, like a little green space alien standing on top of a UFO. And Saturday night, they burn the man down, and everyone parties. But there's all kinds of stuff there, anything you can imagine. There's fire-breathing dragons. There's um, chattering teeth that drive around at night. There's... Uh, Churches that burn down. Everybody's on a on a different level than you are on your everyday life. Correct. Is what you're getting at. People run around naked. There's no laws. There's no rules. It's just everyone treats everyone with respect, and everyone has a good time. Now, do you have to be naked to be treated with respect? Is that no, no. I always wear clothing. I'm not a guy who runs around. I listen. I'm not a I'm not a proud man in that department. So Were you and naked being a out fat there? Man on top of it, you, 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 there's not much to see. Fair enough. So, so you weren't naked off. No, I was not naked. But off those that. who had it were able to just show it. Right. Okay. That's and, fine. And Sounds everything's like free. Like there's a parade that goes through town of like a bunch of uh, naked people on bicycles, kind of like here. I mean, that happens yeah. out yeah. in Chicago. There's a ride that I've seen. But yeah, there's a... here's my thing. I I think that you shouldn't. Ju- you don't just deserve to go to Burning Man. I think you have to earn it. Right. And what what exactly did you and okay. Patrick do so, to earn it? 
So we fly into Reno on Monday. The plan is to get to Reno on Monday and drive to Burning Man about an hour and a half out of uh, out of uh, Reno. So we rented a car. We stopped at Walmart and we got our water. We got our food. We got a pillow because uh-huh. all our stuff was already at Burning Man. My buddy Skunk, he drives it out there. The okay. bicycle, the yeah. tent, the camping gear. Uh-huh. So all we pick up is food and some clothing. We fly into town. You know, we get the rental car and there we go. We're on our way. So we we did that. We got the rental car. There was a little bit of a problem getting it. We finally get it. We get into the car. We got everything going. We stopped at the In-N-Out Burger. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Animal style? You got an animal style Wow, uh, that's a good meal. I, I don't care about it. I'm not a big fan. Nah, I, I think I did the fries and not the burger or the other way around. One yeah, of them was The fries delicious. aren't very good. So then you got to get them animal style in order for them to taste Exactly. Easy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we're driving along, we're following Apple Maps, and we don't see traffic the entire time, and now it's dark out. What were you following? Apple Maps. Apple Maps. Yeah. Everybody talks highly about this. This is a plug for Apple Maps. Yeah, everybody talks highly about this. They use it all the time, and it gets them to where they're going. I didn't realize it, because I'm not a big map guy. I go by direction. What didn't you realize? That it sucks. Oh, yeah. It's it's not good. So the broad on Apple Maps is basically telling us to take a left, take a right. We never see traffic the entire way to Burning Man. And it's Monday. Did you question that at all? No, because I, I thought it was one of those deals where, like, you know when you're driving down the Kennedy and you're, you're like, flowing, you're doing, like, 60, and you're like, shit, it's 3 o'clock. I don't know why there's no traffic. Oh, and then okay. you turn the corner and you're dead gridlocked for, right. like, three hours. Right, 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 right. I was right. waiting for that moment. And that did not happen. Well, we were going down a road. It's a regular highway. And all of a sudden it says something like, Highway 581 ends. And then all of a sudden the highway ends and we're on a, a very large dirt road. We're like, okay, this is fine. Then the lady's like, make a right here. So yeah. we make a right there, and it's totally like this dark, single road. Was it dark out at this time? Completely. We couldn't see any. We couldn't see more than 10 feet in front oh, of us. Oh, this explains a little more. I didn't, I didn't realize it was dark out. So next thing you know, we're going down this road. And mind you, it's a single road that's basically just somebody plowed a single car thing through the desert. Okay. And we're hitting bumps. The car's rocking. We can't turn around because there's not enough room to turn around. Okay. And there's bunnies that keep darting out in front of us. And then, you know, there's things running alongside the car. And we don't know where we're going. We're thinking the map is telling us we're about to hit this city called Empire. Okay. Which is right before it goes Empire, Gerlich, Burning Man. Okay. Yeah. So we're also we're by, we're near uh, Winnemucca Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, from the Johnny Cash song. Okay. Uh, All right. I was yeah. toting my pack amongst the dusty with a muck and mac. So, and you're near there. We're near there. Well, we think we are. So right. we're driving through. We can't see anything. It keeps telling us we're right next to a lake. We don't see any damn lake. Right. We just see bunnies. Okay. So we're driving, we're driving, we're driving. It says it's like eight miles away. We're like, okay, we'll go to the eight miles. If it doesn't work, we'll turn around. We get the eight miles, and now... MapQuest is now cut out, or I'm sorry, Apple Maps is cut out, because we no longer have internet. No Apple Maps? No Apple Maps. Right now, we're, we're completely, it's, we're in isolation. No internet? No internet, nothing. Just the two of you? Just Patrick The headlights, and I, bunnies darting out? Bunnies darting out, and pretty much hope was about to become lost. So we're driving along, and we decide it's time to turn around. Okay. We go to turn around, bam, our tire gets stuck. And now, we're completely hopeless, stuck in the dark, in the middle of what we don't know. A void, emptiness, an enigma. We search around, we see nothing. There's no light, there's no hope. So Patrick goes, you know what, it's like one in the morning, it's dark, let's just go to bed, we'll figure this out tomorrow. How long would you say you waited before that? Thank you for the dramatic music. Oh, yeah, Um, no, this is... You're stuck in the middle of the desert, No, we're stuck in the desert, it's time to go to bed. So we both were tired. It's been a long day. Been on the plane. We go to sleep. Yeah. Surprisingly, we sleep well. Get up the next morning at sunlight. We see our our tire is stuck in the, the like. Uh, so now you, this is the first time you've been able to really assess the situation. Right. Yeah. We were turning around and essentially we hit a sand dune and our tire was stuck. How long did you sleep? Uh, probably three four hours. Okay. So we had like a can of like I opened a can of uh, pasta, had some water. We start trying to figure out how to build uh, rocks. Underneath the, we, we're from Chicago, right? 
you know what you do in the snow? You dig out, or you uh, you get a little sand. Right. Well, yeah. what do you do when you're in the sand? I don't know. I'm from the city. There's scorpions out there. Yeah. There's snakes. Everything is staring at us. There's these creepy black beetles that keep looking at us, and red ants are everywhere. So okay. we're going, and we, we try pushing. We can't get out. We see a train. The train goes by. And I'm like, well, maybe we should we should call for help. And Patrick agrees. We're like, all right, let's let's get some help here. <laughs> so we go to call somebody. We realize there's no phone coverage. We we got nothing. We're dead in we're dead in the sand. And uh, so we try calling nine one one. We can't we can't get anything. So like, well, what about if the next train comes? I'll go see if they'll stop. You're gonna go stop a, a freight right a freight train. freight train a large freight train and rolling through the it middle. It takes of the us what a mile or two to stop? About a half a mile. Okay. So. Patrick is going, and he's trying to work us out of the sand, putting rocks. The rocks just keep kicking up. This is day one. This is day one. Okay, so we left Monday night. This is now Tuesday morning, first thing in the morning. So all of a sudden, a freight train comes. So I walk over to the freight train. I stand on the tracks, and I start giving it a secret Mason symbol for an emergency. So I'm giving the symbol, and I'm I'm begging it to stop. Is what you just did here in the no, studio the secret? No, that was just a sample is that of something the completely uh, Oh, you're throwing me off. This is, yeah, it's just a... Uh, you're throwing me off. I mean, I'm throwing Lauren, you down you got to get a look trail. at a secret Mason symbol in here. So we go down. That's not it. What is it? I'm not going to show you. You're not okay. a Freemason. No free shows of the Freemasons. No. You join us and you'll get the damn thing. I've been trying for years. Well, now, just ask and you'll, you shall receive. But seriously, you go to flag down a freight I, train. I go to flag down a freight train and by God, the damn thing stops. Are you serious? It's speeding along. All of a sudden, I hear. On day one. And then the train, it stops. And this guy gets out, and he looks like Johnny Cash when Johnny Cash was really into trains. He'd wear, like, the jean jacket. Yeah. The jean pants. This guy was a jean machine. I think his name was Gene. Gene he's Gene, about a half Gene. mile from you. He's about a half mile because it took that long for the train to stop. Right. So he's slowly walking towards me. I'm slowly walking towards him. And, you know, you can tell he's kind of in a defensive stance. Like, uh, is this guy robbing the train or what's oh, going wow. on here? And I'm walking, and we meet somewhere halfway. Like, it takes, like, a good ten minutes. Did, did you stop far away from each other? Yeah, like a half mile. No, like, when you got to each other, yeah. did he leave, like, 30 feet? Was he, like, no further? Well, no, no, no. He was about 30 feet down. I'm like, hey, friend, thanks for stopping. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, we're stranded here in the desert. He's like, oh. He's like, well, I got to be in the next town in 40 minutes. Maybe I could ask my buddy and see if we could get out and push. But I don't think Earl's going to want to do that. I'm like, okay. He's like, you want me to call your parents? Now, I'm 33 years old. My mother's long gone. Right. My father would be like, excuse me, I don't know what you're talking about, click. Yeah. So that wouldn't help us. So I tell the guy. These people trying to scam me out of money, telling me my son's lost in a desert. Desert. This is just ridiculous. I don't understand them. Okay. So he's like, I'm like, why don't you call the sheriff? I go, you got, you know where we're at, right? He's like, yeah, based on the mileage. I'm like, could you just call the sheriff and let him know there's two idiots stuck in the desert? Right. Right. He gets back on his freight train and drives away. I get back to the car. We decide we jacked, we jacked the car up because there was, the car was under flat surface. We jacked the car up out of the sand and we were able to push out. We were free. Great. So it's Tuesday morning. We're going to Burning Man. And it's daylight, so you can see. Absolutely. So we turn around. We get this car turned around, and we go down this one road we think is the way out. And now MapQuest, all, all we have from Google or uh, Yahoo Maps or Apple Maps, yep. Apple Maps is what was left on the screen, which had the city of Empire in the middle of the desert. And show it showed a lake, which was there, and this Indian reservation we were on. So we start going down this one road. It's a wrong road. It's not the way out. Now that it's daylight, we see something totally different than what we saw at night. We have no idea we were in this weird like, desert. We were completely lost. Right. And there were all these roads, and some of them led to nowhere. Uh-huh. So we take this other road, and we're like, oh, I think this is the way out. We're going to head east, and we should hit the, the highway. We go down this road. It's, we're going a little fast. All of a sudden, we're sliding. Now we're stuck in sand. We skid a good 40, 40 yards. Yeah. We Now we're dead in the sand. We're buried. All four tires. This is it. Okay. You know, we try reversing. We just keep sinking deeper and deeper. Right, 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 right. The right, car's right. on its chassis. Yeah. So we're like, oh, damn it. Well, now what? All right. Well, we decide, well, let's get our water together and let's walk and find help. 
So let's go down the road we were going on. We get our water, we go, and now I'm an obese man. I'm not a man who walks often. I don't do marathons. But you're out there. You're, it's kind of survival. We had point. five hours till till sunset. Okay. So we knew we had to be either safe or back at the car in five hours. So we could walk for two and a half hours. Right. So we walk for two and a half hours, and we see this thing in the distance that looks like a way out. It looks like something's there. It's hope. And meanwhile, the whole way, lizards are, like, staring at us. The, the red ants are there. There's these spiders that have traps in the sand. And we're, Really? We're walking around all this shit. We don't know nothing. You know, we're from the city, so we don't know how to handle anything. A rattlesnake pops out. We don't know what we're going to do. You're screwed. I have a towel around my neck. I figured I could whip the towel at the snake. Oh, yeah. That that helped you. Yeah. yeah it might make it angry. That. I don't know. Uh-huh. But whatever. After Listen, after walking for two and a half hours in the desert heat, I was ready for a snake to bite me. It would have been a happy ending. I bet a city rat would have been a welcome sight at that point. It would have been nice to see. Yeah. Although those desert rats are pretty damn big, too. Oh. So we get we get there, and I'm like, Patrick, I can't walk any farther. Like it, We're like a half a mile from this thing, and it's up a hill. Okay. So he goes, and I'm, I can tell it's not Holmes. It's not, it's not in the end. It's not something good. But there's something there. Okay. So he goes and he walks that way. He gets up there and he comes back down. He's like, yeah, nothing. He's like, it's a burnt down camp. Really? There's still a really nice grill there, but it's a burnt down camp. And oh, by the way, it's the end of the road. That road leads nowhere. Wow. So this was two and a half hours walking there. Now we got to walk two and a half hours back. Uh And now I'm getting like in Star Trek. I'm like, Jim. Damn it, just leave me behind. Don't worry about me. You're telling him to yeah, leave me behind. I, because I can't. You're like, you walk ahead, you'll make it back to the car. Right. I might not. I might not make it. Did you really feel like you weren't going to make it back to the car? Think about it. Me walking five hours in the desert? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, those la- that last hour was a bitch. Was man. it? You guys was, had a lot of supplies on you, though. I was exhausted. Thankfully, we had food and water. Yeah. Very important things to have in the desert. So, I bet that water got hot. It did. It was oh, like drinking Jesus. tea in the, in the Oh, jeez, yeah. Larcher. So 888-787-4827. We get back to the car. I don't mean to like just count your story. The sun just I went mean, down. It's probably like 8 o'clock Tuesday night. All right. We both pass out. As soon as the sun was gone, we went to bed. And that was it. We went to sleep. We slept like babies. Woke up the next morning, Tuesday. And I know what you're thinking. The next morning... Well, you know, yeah. you got, where are you going to do your morning crap? You're right. in the desert. Well, you, know? uh, you guys had to do it. So, sure. we we I went ahead and... Because you, you had plenty of food. I mean, yeah, you had I to was process eating, it. Yeah. And I was eating, like, beefaroni, which is gross. Do you, like, just say, hey, Patrick, you stay on this side of the car? Or? No, it's the middle of the desert. He's in the car. He's like, hey, I'm going to go out and do something. So you walk, you know, you walk a safe distance from the car. Mm-hmm. You scout out an area where there's not any red fire ants or bugs or, or scorpions. Or... And none of them were staring at you. No. You squat down. You do your business. We had some wipes because we were going to a place to So you had to do a wipe. squat? Yeah. It's it's actually very comfortable. It's very really? therapeutic. You find yourself in the desert. I've, I've noticed that when I've done that out in the wilderness before. Yeah. It's, it's very free. You get it a is. nice fresh air that comes in there Boom. that you're not used to. It, it, can make you tr- it can make you shy. feels very natural. All right. So you give yourself a good wipe, and then you uh, bury everything in the sand like a cat in the litter box. Wow. So we get back to the car. Patrick says, hey, I want to f- walk down this other road. I'm going to do two and a half hours there, two and a half hours Day two. This is, this is now Wednesday. Do you think that while you were out either of those days, that train conductor sheriff had come out to check on you and then you weren't there? No, I don't think so. Okay. We could see anybody going in and out of the desert. We basically, if you looked around us, all you saw were mountains. Okay. And then flatland. Mm-hmm. So we could see anything that was entering or exiting that flatland, okay. which was nothing. There were planes and there were helicopters, and we got really good at knowing when it was a helicopter and when it was a plane. We're like, dude, that's a helicopter, and we'd both jump out. We'd climb up on a hill. We'd wave our flags, our towel. I had a towel. Patrick had a tapestry, which we used in the sunlight. Did you have anything reflective? No. Nothing reflective. Well, actually, Break a mirror off. We never got Take that. Yeah, you can shine that. Everyone at, keeps saying that. I didn't. Re- we didn't. I, I'm, not, I'm just asking. You know, when you're in the desert, you're stuck. You're not thinking about much but survival. And oh, you're, you're mad because that might have actually helped. A little it might have. <laughs> I was doing SOS on my phone at night. Oh so, no, that's a good move. You did you have to reteach yourself SOS? Yeah. Or, or yeah. did you know it? There was an app for it. 
And you must have already had that. I already app. had it on the phone. Oh, that's good. With the flashlight. Nice. Oh, that's great. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go for another walk." I'm like, "Dude, I can't make it." And he realized it. I would just slow him down. Right. So he went out. I stayed by the car and kept the stuff. And you know, it was scary waiting for him during the daytime. Yeah. So he was supposed to be back in five hours. Four and a half hours. I'm like, I'm gonna start walking down that road. So I'll meet him. You know, give him a little hope on his way back. Right. It was about it was about high noon now. It was getting really hot. Ooh. So he comes back to the car. I we I see him. He gets back to the car. We see a helicopter. We try to flag it down. Nothing. We get back to the car. We build. I started realizing we need to put shade in the windows. So we we made the windows completely shaded. And Patrick had a nice tapestry he put up over the the, the front window. And from like two in the afternoon till about five, we would run the air conditioner. And listen to a little bit of the radio. Okay. I mean, that had to help yeah. having the radio on. It, it, it did. It made the time go a little farther. Oh, and you had satellite radio. We had satellite so you radio. Could, you could receive from the satellite, but there, there was no way to send out for you couldn't. You couldn't MacGyver it to... No. Okay. Now, at this point, we're starting to get a little freaked out. You know, we're like, okay, well, this is now Wednesday, and we were supposed to be there Monday. I'm like, I know this girl, Fox. She was there. She knew when I was coming. I knew she would be... A beacon of hope. I knew she would send out for help. So Wednesday goes by at night. We're both dead. and We both sit in the car. We unpack the car completely. We try pushing it again. Nothing's happening. We give up. And we both realize we're not going to do another walk tomorrow. So Thursday, either somebody's going to help us or we're going to start figuring out. We're just going to stay at camp and start figuring things out. Right. Thursday rolls around. We get up in the morning. We completely unpack the car. We get... Probably five, six hundred pounds of stuff out. I mean, we had a lot of water. We had our bags. We had a lot of shit in there. So we get out, and I start pushing the car. We go about ten inches, and we're like, wow. Or actually, we what we did is we jacked the car out of the sand again. But every time we would jack the car, the jack would start sinking deeper into the sand. So Patrick found some rocks. We put some rocks underneath it, jacked it up. We filled our water bottles up with sand Okay. to build a little base. Finally, we got the car out of the sand, so it was now on top of the sand. We were no longer stuck in it. Try pushing wow. it, and again, we moved about 10 inches, so we weren't getting anywhere, but we were moving. We got 10 inches. Okay, yeah. We had to get 40 yards. It was a start, but now it was noon, and that sun is brutal. It's about 110 degrees, okay. so, and it's draining, so we realized we don't. I couldn't move that car. I couldn't keep pushing it because I would have collapsed. Right. And we were wasting energy. So we both decided, all right, let's go to sleep. Let's just chill. Let's do the air conditioner. Okay. Let's yeah. chill till about 4 o'clock, and let's try again. And we were both like, I'm like, Patrick, I have an idea. Instead of me pushing it because I can't get a good grip because I'm being, I'm in the sand too. So yeah. I'm, I'm getting – the car's pushing me. I'm like, what if I lay my towel down in front of the car, lay on my back, and use my legs, my most powerful muscle I have. Right, yeah. To so leg press. Do some leg presses. Like, all right. He's like, you know, uh, there's something else I want to try, too. He goes and he finds two, about three-foot wooden posts, which we still have. Okay. He's like, let me bury these underneath the tire. So he digs underneath the tire, puts them underneath the tire. I get in front of the car. I push with my legs until it's on the wooden thing. Uh He hits reverse in the gas, reverses it about three feet. We're stuck again. Okay. So now this is Thursday, but we're moving. Progress. We're moving. Progress. So About three feet out of 40 yards? Yeah. Okay. So we keep doing that. We keep doing that. We do that for about two hours, and all of a sudden, I push, and I just see him rolling and rolling and rolling. He kept going. Rolling. He kept going. He's staring at me from the car. In the right direction? I'm staring at him. We're going backwards out of this road that leads to nowhere. Boom. We're free. Free? We're free. We're out. Okay. Now we got to carry all our crap, all 500 pounds of shit that was we unpacked to back to the car in case we get stuck. You didn't that. feel like driving to, back to pick it up? No. That would have been a bad idea. <laughs> okay. So so you you had a bunch of stuff to carry. Yeah. So we carried all trips? the water. Well, quite a few. It took him about 10, 15. He did yeah. half. I did the other half. So well, he would take it I half and then I would carry it. Oh, that's car. cool. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we did. We worked assembly that line. We did a little assembly Holy line. Holy crap. We got all our stuff in, but we're fighting daylight. Sun's going down. We don't want to get stuck again. We've already been stuck twice now. So now we're scared, you know, of going down the wrong road. But when Patrick went on that second walk, he found our tire tracks. 
So he found your tri- tire tracks from before? From before, so we kind of knew which way we were going. Wow. And yeah. so eventually we we rolled out of there. We got out of there. Next thing you know, I'm like, dude, you want to go to Burning Man? He's like, fuck yeah, we're going to really? Burning Man. Really? We drove about an hour away. We're in Burning Man, and we got stuck in a line. But there was this weird hippie lady who was like, I got stuck there once, and I was going to have an abortion. But what? after what? after sitting there, I saw this rainbow, and then I decided to have my son, and he's now 16. Like the same spot. I want to know about this guy in the train. I mean, yeah, what he is, just what left you for dead. I mean, you should look up and see if there's a report or anything. Like, did it make the local papers? Was there any right. kind of a search team? Was there was there... nothing. I can tell you, I mean, we were left out there Aren't there search teams to find people stranded in the desert? Yeah. Doesn't this shit happen? It does. But no one knew we were missing because we were going to Burning Man where you don't have cell phones or anything. Right, 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 no right, right. You had a few friends there. Our, our friend Corey, out. of course. And she finally started making some phone calls. Corey found a payphone at Burning Man, which is a whole weird thing in itself. And she called some people. As soon as we got out, Patrick's phone rang. It was his roommate. Like, hey, are you guys not at Burning Man? It was like that second that we were out. Literally wow. The second we hit South wow. Bridge was the second he called. Yeah. And we were free. And then, uh, yeah, we got there. We got stuck in the parking lot for another four hours. Okay. We were so because they weren't happy. letting anybody in. No. They said did, they were at capacity. Did you tell them the story? We told our, our neighbors the story. There was this, like, 60-year-old guy who had a, he was huffing on a whippet. Uh-huh. And then there was this weird old lady next to us who was smoking a joint and I'm like, yeah. "Hey, how are you?" And right, 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 right. We sat around and we ate and told stories and so I have no idea what happened in the sports world that we went from hell to purgatory to burning man which was like heaven and uh it was an amazing experience. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy you're here. I recommend Burning Man to anybody who likes camping. I I am so happy that you're here. Uh I know that you and Patrick have talked about expressing it uh via performance at some point. Just exactly how well that went, but I've got to tell you, Al Archer, we uh, we got plenty to go through right here. We got the uh, the Chicago Cubs coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, John, John from Cubs Den. It's a it's a blog that uh they they talk a heck of a lot about the prospects in the Cubs system. I'll tell well, you that. Well, speaking much. of hopeless and being stuck at the desert. Oh, come on, like Archer, get out of Cubs. here. Get out of here. And you know we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears. We got a game coming up. Yeah. The first game of the regular season now. When I thought I was out there dying, I'm like, man, I'm never going to see one regular season game of the Phil Trestman era. Mark His Trestman. name's Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, it's been a you, while. Since the... Well, you were probably wondering when you were out there. I'll be darned. Jeez. I, you know what? All I kept thinking about, the only question that was on my mind when I was in the desert. You know what got me through the desert experience? Uh. I wanted to know if Jamarcus Webb had a job. Really? With the Bears. Uh, you have you found out yet? I found out he's no longer. A he Chicago is a Bear. Minnesota Viking. He's a Viking. He That's is right. a Viking, Al Archer. Uh, and then they cut Jonathan Scott today too. They did, yeah, yeah, to bring in room for that tight end. Yeah. Hey, the Chicago Cubs pulled it out today. Uh, that kid Navarro, he had a home run. Another home run today. Uh, Smarja not so hot. Smarja gave up six runs in six innings. The Cubs pulled it out nine to seven. Kevin Gregg picked up the uh, picked up the save. Larcher, I got to tell you, uh, reading the Sun Times today, I was reading an actual newspaper. You know, I'll tell you, we talked about this before, but you know where the newspapers uh, exist today? Burning Man diners. Oh, newspapers yeah. are still at diners, sure. and, and that's where I read it. I read a, I read an article uh, since we're playing the Marlins, and that's who the 2003 Bartman game came against. Uh, they they were bringing that back up. Uh, Juan Pierre, who was with the Marlins at the time, later with the Cubs, is back with the Marlins again, and they uh, they started rehashing that. The catcher from that game for the Marlins, he's now their manager. Oh. So they're bringing it up. And, I mean, it, it's just stuff that I don't need to see anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm over it. Uh, on a good note, yesterday I caught a repeat of the uh, of the show Undercover Boss where one of the Ricketts was, uh, was on it. Really? Yeah. That show's just like any other reality show, though. It's all set up. You know, they, oh, it's so there's stupid. A, there's a formula to it. You find three people, you, know you give them you give them gifts, um, you know, and then you, yeah. you show that you're improving things, and that's what it is. It's, it's, to, it's to draw tears. It, it's, a, it's a free commercial. It's an hour commercial for whatever company is yes. on there to make some evil corporation, some jerk-off corporate prick look like he's more than the monster that he is. That's all that is, man. It's all about, oh, you know, we make a zillion dollars, but this person here... We met them because we spent five minutes with them for our little television show. We're going to give them a vacation to the Bahamas. Yep. 
You know, like the F you. Yeah. I hate that show with a passion. So, uh, Bears, Bengals. They're playing the Bengals uh, this coming week on Sunday. It's a noon game, Al. You got your plans set? Oh, my God, yeah. I'm sitting back. I got I got the red zone on the tablet. Okay. I got the Bears on the big screen. Okay. Chips and salsa, baby. I am so ready to bust open. Uh, the, whole, the whole desert, I had a can of chips and salsa. And I was nice. saving it. I was saving it. I'm like, I'll have this at Burning Man. Yeah. After Burning Man, never got to it because we weren't there very long. I'm like, I have this for the hotel. We we donate all our food when we leave to Burning Man because people stay there for like a month to clean up. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. But I saved the chips and salsa. Yeah. Get to the hotel, getting out of the car, I freaking dropped the salsa all over the parking lot. Now, since you had spent all that time in the desert and this kind of stuff is trivial, didn't you just grab a chip, put it down into the into the uh, salsa, and then have one? Because you got the salsa that landed high enough or some that's still in the glass, right? Yeah. Didn't you have a little bit? I mean, you'd been saving this for a while. I probably should have, but I didn't. I've got to ask you, when you asked him the question, do you want to go, did you expect the answer you got from him? Yes. And was that your answer as well? Yeah, hell yeah. You knew the whole time. You're like, if you've ever been to Burning Man, you're not going to miss it. Didn't you really want to shower at that time? I did, but not as bad as I wanted to get back into the desert and get into the dust. Yeah. No. And it was amazing. Patrick ended up sleeping in a hammock that night because we didn't know where our tent was. Uh, we didn't set it up yet. Patrick slept in a hammock. I slept on a giant trampoline. And the next morning, we woke up. This dude, uh, Tito, made us breakfast. Like, eggs and bacon and toast. Was he the, the cook? Was he cooking breakfast a lot? I He was that day. And, man, that was the best meal I've ever had. Oh, I bet it was. It was just like, I bet oh, it was. my God. Hell, he might have been cooking a few days before. He might have been. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... Obviously, I'm I'm happy that that you're here. I'm happy that we're here. We have the internet. We have a podcast that's still going out. I kind of didn't know if you'd make it tonight. I know that you went back to work today. Yeah, I'm tired. I'd, I'd rather not be doing this. You right managed now. to keep yourself from really burning the crap out of yourself. Surprisingly, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you got red. I'm sure you got I'm dark, but you're not as bad as I expected. Like, you got some going on in places. On top of that beautiful tattoo of yours? Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. So, that's good, yeah. And you know what? You know where I burnt the most was actually setting my tent up in the sun on Friday. Really? Because I'm an asshole. I can't have, a, like, a tiny tent. I'm a big dude. I got a tent for 10 people. The thing's a mansion. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I understand. Hey, we got a text line, 773-559-5189. A phone number, 888-787-4827. And believe it or not, we're actually talking sports tonight. We are going to talk some sports tonight. It's, I know that's different for the Larcher and Lawrence Sports Show. Uh, I want to talk a little bit of Cubs. And one thing that's always interesting at this time with the, uh, with the, with the Chicago Cubs, of course, is uh, September. It's September, and it's time for, uh, for some of the call-ups. Uh, the Cubs have quite a few prospects down there. Uh, and right now, it's, it is that time. Uh, there is a pretty good blog that's out there. I, I started following them on Facebook, follow their blog a little bit. It's called The Cubs Den. And I'll tell you what, it's where I go for all of my information. And right now, on the, uh, on the hotline right now, I have, uh, I have a good, good guy from The Cubs Den over there. His name's John, and uh, he's giving us a call right now. Hey, John, how you doing today? I'm uh, very good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. I I do appreciate it. I hope that uh, that we found you at a good hour to call us in here. I'm here with my partner, Al Larcher. Hey, what's up, John? How are you doing? I'm alive, man. I'm alive. I, I don't know if you've been listening in on the story, but uh, Al was uh, gone to the uh, Burning Man Festival last week and actually was stuck in the desert for quite a few days on the way out there. So we've actually been talking a little bit about that. But we have decided to talk some sports tonight. And I... I was really interested. Uh, one of the reasons I asked you to come on the show, um, I I did notice a couple of the guys, of course, these late-season trades. You know, you grabbed a guy like Olt from uh, Texas, a couple of these guys. I don't know. Basically, wh- what did you what do you have in mind tonight, John? What, what do I have in mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, as far as those deals, or I, I, I'm not yeah, quite yeah, sure what you're asking. Late- Deals. I guess you see these things coming. You got a question for the man, Clark? Or you no, just going to go all over the map there? Larcher, you threw me off, my friend. I was going to go all over the map. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the old deal, you know, considering that Garza was just a pretty much a rental in two months and a guy they weren't going to sign, 
Right. It, it's like, there's no way you can acquire him otherwise. Until you get a, a Justin Grimm who could be that, you know, maybe that bottom of the rotation starter, maybe a guy who uh, can swing back and forth the way Villanueva has. That, uh, and then you get C.J. Edwards, who's uh, last time I checked, had gotten three uh, three perfect innings in the playoff game with six strikeouts, and he's got phenomenal stuff. And he just came out of nowhere, and he's he's a bit of a sleeper, and, and there's still some mixed opinion on him as to whether what what he can do. But uh, it's, he's a very a very uh, intriguing guy. You know, there's some good stuff there. There's some questions about the and the break stuff, but uh, that, that's a potential. Uh, number three starter they got in, in Edwards. Okay, yeah. No, I like that. And then, of course, uh, the Soriano deal, uh, trading him uh, back out to the Yankees there. We didn't get too much from him, but at the time, when I was looking at it, I was thinking uh, we just needed to open up the space so we could see some of these kids play in the outfield. Uh, and it really doesn't matter how he's doing for the Yankees right now, although he is doing well, and I think that's great. But uh, that seemed to open up just some space for them to play in. Yeah, and that was part of the motivation. I think they really wanted to move on. It's been – they're trying to build a team in a, with a certain philosophy and a certain image, and they like Soriano very much. He's a great guy. He's really the kind of guy you like in the clubhouse. He was kind of a mentor to a lot of the young players. and You know, mm-hmm. he hit for power. It's something they, they don't have a lot of. So they did value him, but, yeah, you're right. They, they just did want to move on. And the fact that they got a good – Nice pitcher in Corey Black who could throw really hard and, you know, might uh, fit in somewhere around the seventh inning in a bullpen someday. You know, that's a nice little bonus. And to be honest with you, I, I'm really glad to see Soriano do well. You know, he's a good guy. You want to see him do well. It's He's not the kind of guy you root against after you trade him. He's the kind of guy you you, you root for, even if he's on the Yankees. No, I I agree. Huh? He, and he's he's making the highlights, it seems, about, like, every day. He's he's hitting homer per day is what I've been catching. Um Another question that I had for you was uh, was about the uh, I've I've heard that we've opened up some money uh, for the overseas market, uh, the international signings, and the way that I've heard it is that we have uh, enough money to sign the top two guys, and we have already made a couple of those deals. What, what's going on with the international money, and how exactly does that work? You're talking about the um, Eloy Jimenez and, and Glaber Torres, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. two uh, the, the teenagers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you get a fixed amount, and it's based on your on your record. You know, the Cubs are pretty bad, so they do the second most amount of money uh, after the Houston Astros, who uh, of course you know, they they've not been very good lately. But uh, but the Astros didn't go spend the money the same way the Cubs did. They they gave some of it away. They they spread some of it around. The Cubs had a more aggressive strategy, and, and their thinking was, we really like this class, and we're going to go and get the guys, the top guys, because we think the top guys in this class are much better than the top guys in next year's class. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did, you know, and then they got, they got their top two guys, and what they wound up doing was going over the uh, the limits. So they get penalized with luxury taxes, but they also have a penalty now where they cannot spend more than $250,000 on any particular player. So they're not going to be able to get this kind of class next year. They've kind of put all their uh, their eggs in this year. So it was cal- it's a calculated risk, you know, and I'm sure they tried to recoup that money as they did with the, the Ronald Torres trade where they did recoup some of the money. It, it, it may have been that they just weren't able to get all of it. They, they found the dealing for that kind of money maybe a little bit more difficult than they thought. Uh, whatever the case, something it was just a plan. Just something was just saving any money was was good. But the main thing was they liked this class and they were willing to, you know, forego next year's class to get the guys they wanted this year. Do you see progress with what they're doing? I mean, they have a definite vision and they're definitely executing their vision well. But do you believe it's actually going to build towards, I guess, the hope of a World Series? You know, I think so. And, and where we see the most tangible progress, we don't see it on the field. We don't see the wins coming. Uh, what we see it in is in the minor ways. And, and suddenly the Cubs have, uh, by some accounts, the second best farm system in the majors. And that thing that's come a long way. And when they when they first uh, this group first came here, it was pretty much 
Brett Jackson, I think, was the number one pick. They had just picked Hoppy Baez, but the jury was still out on him. So, and they, and they did have that good draft class before they came, and some of those guys are among their, their top prospects, like Baez and like Vogelbach, and, and uh, Dylan Mables is another guy they like, but he's been struggling a bit. So, that, you know, they, they did start the process before that, but, you know, it's what they really have done is they've gone through every corner. They've gone to Cuba to get guys like Soler. They spent on the draft. Uh, they've made trades. They've traded guys that were short-term assets, guys that they didn't think they were going to keep, guys that were probably a little past their prime and, and guys who would have been a little old by the time the team was ready to compete. So you trade those guys, and you get guys to, for the future. Uh, like the Garza trade was a good example. The mm. Mahalam trade was another one. Um, the uh, the trade that got them uh, right Dempster when they got – which didn't seem like a great trade at the time. It was kind of a desperate one. But they got Kyle Hendricks, who's probably going to be their minor league pitcher of the year, and Christian Villanueva, who has a shot at being their third baseman if you know things break in a certain way. So um, they've done really well with that aspect. As far as filling the major league team, I think there's progress there, too. I think they have a definite plan. I think they're trying to get value. I think they're trying to get change the face of the team. Maybe guys who take a little bit more pitches, and they've done that with – you know, picking up guys like Shearholz, who doesn't walk a lot, but he sees a lot of pitches. The same with Sweeney and, and uh, Bogusevich. Even Castro and Rizzo have seen a fair amount of pitches. Valbuena, and they're working towards that. They've also got some extra base power. They build a team around pitchers who keep the ball down, and then they surround them with an infield who can play defense. So they, they're kind of putting this stuff together. And if you think about it, it, it could have been a good year. Had the bullpen come through, had Castro and Rizzo had good years. We could have been, you know, talking about something different near the, the trade deadline. So, you know, when, it's, it's the kind of thing where they're going to keep trying and we'll see what happens next year. When We're talking long-term plans with the Cubs and we're talking about that future. Do you think Dale Swain is the guy? You know, we were kind of talking about that today on the blog and, and my, uh, my partner Tom wrote on that um, today. And the feeling, his feeling is that they're not going to extend him. They're going to let him try and, and, and see what he can do this year. My thought on Swain is I think a lot of it is a lot is put on what he does from day to day, whether he uses the bullpen correctly. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not that big on that. I, I, I just didn't think he had much to work with early in the year. He's got better bullpen guys in the, in the, in the second half, and he's done a better job with it. I think what he should ultimately judge, be judged on is how the young players develop. And the way it's gone this year, it hasn't gone well for Rizzo or Castro. Um, you know, and even Samarja hasn't really taken a step forward, even though that's more of a, of a Basio thing. But Yeah. But I think that's, that's where you ultimately judge them. You judge them how those young players develop. Oh, yeah, mo- most definitely. Um, uh, about Baez, he's, he's been down at Tennessee, and he didn't skip a beat as soon as he joined the team there. Do you do you see him starting the season next year at Iowa? I I think he's gonna I, he's gonna get he's gonna get an opportunity, and when you talk about guys like Baez, yeah, I think he'll start next year in Iowa. I, I think he'll even get a shot at, at the team, but I think he will start at Iowa. Mm-hmm. But you never know when you, when you talk about the Javier Baez, you're talking about an elite talent. At least he's got elite bat speed, and, and that can afford him a lot of things uh, you know, when he's up to bat. He can hit the ball a long way. He can wait a little bit longer on a breaking ball. He can hit any fastball that's out there. So there's a lot of things that does for him that he can compete pretty much on any level from a physical standpoint. And what he's done lately is start to improve his approach. If he puts those things together, he's going to be very difficult to deal with for any pitcher, major league or otherwise. So when he's ready, he'll tell the Cubs he's ready. And if they think he can handle the major league uh, pitching, as far as his approach, then then he's got an outside shot. But but if I had to bet, I'd say he starts in Iowa and comes up sometime in the midseason. Wow, I, I I can't wait to see him up there. We uh we're actually right here in Lakeview, and uh, I'm able to make it to eh, a, a couple games a week. And this is a time of year when I like to when I like to get over there to really uh, check out the young guys coming up. Last year I did the same. This year it's kind of the same uh, same sort of deal. Uh, noticed today that uh, the the pitcher Lynn came up. You got anything on him? Yeah, I I do actually. You know, I've, Lynn is a guy I've been kind of following for a while. Pretty much since even a little bit before they signed him, 
Um, and what he is is he's a little older. He's 37 years old. He just uh-huh. had Tommy John surgery, um, but he was a he was an excellent closer in the NPB, in the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Japanese league. And yeah. uh, what he does is he he brings his he's got this delivery. It's a little deceptive. He hides the ball well. Then he comes either from a three quarters, a low three quarters, or a sidearm, and he comes at you sometimes in the mid nineties. And that's very difficult to deal with. That's unusual velocity from a sidearm pitcher. He throws a yeah. good splitter. So, you know, when you're throwing a sidearm, you've got a good fastball. It gives the appearance that it's rising. When it probably, in actuality, what it does is it's not, it doesn't go down. It just seems to stay up. And so when you've got a splitter, you can change those planes. You've got one pitch that appears to rise and another that appears to sink. So it's very good at changing that eye level. He also has a slider, which is probably his weakest pitch. Uh, that's the one he tends to get hurt on. Uh, from what I told, he, he well, what I've been told, he tends to hang it from time to time, yep. and that's where he gets hurt. But um, otherwise, he's uh, he's very intriguing, and, and he's going to be really tough on right-hand hitters coming from the side with that kind of velocity. Does he does he does he walk guys? It, it, I I thought I heard that he'd been walking some guys some games. He'll get a, a little case of the walks. Yeah, he's not a big walk guy. He'll he'll you know I'd say he's about average. You know, he, okay. I think. If I want to see the walk rate, you know, I want to see walk like four and in, in twelve innings in Iowa, which is about average. Um, but yeah, he can he can he's not a control artist. He's he's not that kind of pitcher. He's the kind of guy who's going to miss bats and he's probably going to throw a few pitches. He's because of that, he's probably a one inning guy. You know, he's not a guy you're going to put in for two three innings. But especially considering his age and his, his recent injury history, but he's uh, he could be effective in short spurts. And I think his role will be like that, to come in in certain situations and maybe miss some bats. All right. Well, hey, John, I'd like to say thank you for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate what you do over there with the Cubs Den. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and then uh, follow them on the blog. You can uh, sign up via email, I believe is what I saw today, to uh, to get the updates right on on your blog site. Is that correct? That is correct, and it's... It's free. You just put to, you can cancel it at any time. It just makes you aware of when we uh, we have new material out there, so you can yeah you, know, you can go and check the site as soon as you get that email. There you go. Well, John, thanks a lot. Uh, keep doing what you're doing with that. I I really do appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Yep. Keep writing the good okay. work, John. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, sir. All right. Door is closing. Well, hey, that was nice. Yeah, I was cool. almost I was almost prepared for it. You had some uh, baseball talk. I like that. Yeah, but I, I don't even know whether uh, I, I jumbled still through did that kind of stuff. I figured the welcome back party I did for you. Uh, Thank you. We talked about the Cubs. I, you, your favorite lovely. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just you kept know, me engaged. You know what you didn't have out there in the desert? Cubs traffic. No, you're probably hoping to find some Cubs traffic. Is what you were doing? Uh, pretty much, but I, I would rather sit in line. You know what? If Cubs traffic was as good as Burning Man traffic, because it takes like four hours to get out. Four to Four to ten hours to get out of Burning Man because it's a one-lane road out, and they slowly let people out. Well, it took you that long to get in once you got there. So It took us four hours to get in. That traffic was so much more pleasant than Cubs traffic that oh. I think that's the way And I bet leaving Burning Man, you were like, oh, it's four hours. It didn't matter if no. you were waiting four more hours at that point. At that point, it didn't You were going to get to your hotel, and you guys you guys, We made, were staying guys... at the Peppermill Hotel in Reno, Nevada, and I highly four stars from the Larcher. <laughs> well, anything would have been four stars at that point from Larcher. We went swimming. We had a, we had a steam shower. We had, uh, I mean, room service. There was a buffet there. Holy crap, we were in that buffet for a good two hours. The answer there is the uh, We have a wonderful young listener out there in uh, Kirkland, Illinois. I'd just like to say hi to that young lady. Hi to Bonnie out there in Kirkland. Oh, I know sure. she's listening right now. That's really nice. Uh, hey, back to these Bears. That line, the right side of the line. Have you heard this? Who the, the starting right side is? I Both of the rookies. Heard. Mills is the starting right tackle. Kyle Long. Uh-huh. Starting left guard. I'm excited, right guard. Starting I'm excited right guard. about Kyle Long. Well, here. I want to talk about the Bengals. Uh, their defense is nothing to uh, nothing to write off. By by far, nothing to write off. They uh, they ranked third in sacks last year. Yeah, something that Cutler's got to be scared of. But led, led by their uh, defensive tackle, who I believe had uh, ten and a half sacks. Geno Atkins. Geno Atkins, Atkins had twelve and a half. Sacks. Twelve and a half sacks, which led the uh, 
NFL from the defensive tackle position, which is phenomenal for for a DT. Yeah, it's I mean, uh, a they run a base four three, uh, and they usually have them up on the right side during that time. Yeah, but they're going to move them around a lot like we do with Pepper. Sure, they they're going to jump them all around. Uh, he's a guy to watch out for. Then you also got to watch out for uh, for the guy on the right end, the right defensive end, Michael Jackson. He had 11 and a half sacks last year as Michael well. Michael Jackson. Michael Johnson. I almost said that right. Wow. Wasn't Michael J- Johnson Pretty young the runner? Thing. Wasn't Michael Johnson the runner? Uh, he might have been. He's also a defensive end for the Bengals. Uh, and you can't count out James Harrison, who's now playing linebacker for him. You, you really got to watch out. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that these kids, they, they have a lot, in, a lot in store for them. You got the brand new Mark Tressman offense. Tons of plays in that system, Al Archer. Uh-huh. It's a constantly evolving thing. How do you feel about her chances? I feel pretty good, and let me tell you why. The first thing I did when I got back to civilization is I went and I bought John Madden's football. It's the 25th anniversary, and I, I played two games, and the first one was against the... Hold it there, cracker boy. I'm not finished. And we won, and we won. We, were, we looked good. We played good. That line did hold up. In real life, I'm a little more concerned with how our offensive line is going to hold. Uh-huh. If, if, we, if we got a thumb in the dam, we're going to win games. If that dam is leaking and it's going to blow, then we're going to we're going to win six. They've games. got to play together. Got to play together. They got to gel together. We got a beast and way underrated in John Madden football, by the way. Long is. Oh well, I can imagine. But he's still a big he body. He started four games in college. He's going to be underrated coming still in. Still a massive body that's going out there and he's kicking some ass. And I, I I can't be more excited to see this team. I am so pumped to see Martellus Bennett. To see Brandon Marshall, Captain to Crunch. see a real offense executed the way an offense is supposed to be executed, something we have never seen in my lifetime in the city of Chicago. And I, I can't be more ecstatic, and I think we are going to win this game. As a matter of fact, we did the confidence pool, and a little sneak peek, I picked the Bears to win with a 13 confidence. Uh, here's something you missed. They sent Marshall home for four days. They did, and I got word today that he actually is uh, – He's going to play. Yeah, no, he's good to go. Uh, they said it was a planned deal. He wanted to go get the hip checked up on uh, a little bit there as well. Uh, we have it, the uh, the Pickums, Larcher versus Lawrenson versus Lauren. We're doing those. Lauren happens to be here in the studio. I don't know which one of those microphones. Well, now there. I guess you'll be weekly. And by the way, there's yeah, a, grab, grab that one right there. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you talked about it on your little Rambo show you had Hey, Lauren, give week. me a holler. Oh, hang on. Go, go again. Yep. Yeah, very good. Try that one there. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, we're going to get her. Hello? Oh, there we go. We got her. Hey, Lauren. So I don't know when you did your little Rambo show last week. It was Rocky. Whatever. If you talked about uh, you two are now engaged. We are. Congratulations. Thank you, you, Al. Soon to be Lauren Lawrenson. Yeah. Uh, True. The larger versus Lawrenson versus Lauren Lawrenson. Pick them. Next Coming soon. Yeah, coming soon. Coming soon to a wedding chapel near you. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Lauren made some picks today. We're doing the confidence pool. You know, you you put 16 points on the game that you're most confident in. You know, if you weren't going to marry this broad, I would not allow this. You wouldn't allow it. But now that there's a ring, I guess I, I don't have a choice. How much did you put Al Archer behind the Chicago Bears? I put 13 points of confidence. You did that just to show me up, Larcher. What's your? You don't have enough balls in the Bears, do you? I picked them. What do you got? I picked the Bears. Nine? No. Don't tell me under nine. Seven? I, I gave him six. Oh, man. No confidence in this I kid. I was more with you, Al. I gave him 12. Hell yeah. I oh, right up there. Lauren, wh- why'd you I, give him 12? Because they're from Chicago. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh... Lauren, do you have another pick that uh, that stands out in, in your mind? Well, I picked New England over Buffalo, and I gave them the 16. You gave New England the 16, and why did you choose that? I'm pretty confident with my choices. You know, you mock her almost with that question, but I have the exact same uh, answer on my sheet. He might have different reasoning, though. All right, I want to hear your reasoning. Because of their quarterback. Well, that's actually a very good reason. Yeah, he's good. It is Tom Brady. Okay, I had no, to Clark to make sure. Yes, Lauren, because it Tom is Tom Brady. Brady is an attractive man, and he's actually heading up my fantasy team. And uh, do you know who Buffalo's quarterback is? Mm, Neither do no. they. 
Neither do they. So you're actually in really good shape with that pick. Actually, the Bears just cut the guy that was supposed to be their quarterback of the future. Uh, he played in the final game, Trent Edwards. Trent Edwards? Yeah. He and uh, Palmer, they played. They both didn't do terrible, and they were cut the next day. You know, that's all they were there for. Uh, Lauren, Miami at Cleveland. Miami. How many points? 11. All right. I went Cleveland for 12. You are you are going to lose this so bad to your fiance. What did you pick? I have I have Miami with 15 points of confidence. Al and I are pretty. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what I picked running back Trent Richardson with the sixth pick in the first round of the couple's fantasy draft last night. We've announced it before though. The, we're taking the Larcher and Lordson show road at show to December Cleveland. December 15th, we'll be in Cleveland. We're going to try to find a way to broadcast from Cleveland. We got to find a bar. Cleveland rocks. There you go. Just not against the Miami Dolphins, who have shown improvement. And why did you take Miami? Will Smith. Yep. Yeah. Big Willie. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. You're the of one course. who asked me on the show. Yeah. Uh, my my one, the one that I was least confident in, San Francisco over Green Bay. I just, I don't know. I don't know well, enough. you're just skipping all over them. I don't know right? enough about them. Where's San Francisco? Where is that? Uh, near the bottom there. Oh, I have uh, I have the San Francisco 49ers. With nine points of confidence, wow. you got Bulaga, who is missing an arm. He's not playing. He's out for the season. Okay. Your left tackle, your starting left tackle is missing. You have uh, a defense that's skeptical, and you have the most depth, best depth team in football in the San Francisco 49ers playing at home in San Francisco. It's almost a lock of a pick. The San Francisco 49ers. I'm right there with you. I said San Francisco with eight confidence points. Bull. All right. Here, I know that we're in the same place. Oakland at Indianapolis. I have Indianapolis with 16. I have Indianapolis with 11. I have Indianapolis with four. That's it. I picked the right team. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. I'm probably a little overzealous there. And it's one of those things where if they end up winning because you want uh, you, you no. Yeah. If if Oakland ends up winning, we get hurt really bad and you don't. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, Kansas City at Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh. Jacksonville, the worst team in football. Kansas City, one of the top five worst teams in football. With the new West Coast offense coming in from Andy Reid, boom, I give you 15 for Kansas City. Wow, I put 12 on Kansas 15. City. So we're we're in the same boat. How many, how many did you give Jacksonville? Seven. And, okay, cool. That's yeah. going to be a loss. All right. That's all right. You're not going to win them all. Mueller, why'd you pick them? Jaguars or Cavs? This is true. And the owner of that team has the best mustache in football. And yeah. that's also definitely why. Did, let me tell you a little something about Jacksonville. They're thinking of putting a Jumbotron up to simply show the NFL Red Zone channel the whole time that's during the game. I've heard you talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they, they might do all right. They might do all right. If I If it was me... I would put up a big screen that just showed the owner's mustache the whole time. Just zoomed in on the stash. <laughs> so we're going to do this every week. We're going to do the pick em here. Larcher versus Lawrenson versus Lauren. Uh, we're also going to invite some guests coming up. Uh, Are we going to go through any more picks? Or... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got uh, Washington over Philly with nine points. I got Washington over Philly with ten points. Yeah. Monday night, second to the bottom. Okay. I've got Philly over Washington with nine. Okay. All right, yeah. That's actually that could. There's a new coach in uh, Philadelphia. Eagles fly, man. Eagles do fly. My my upset of the week with only one point of confidence. The Carolina Panthers are going to take out the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. Uh, wh- wh- and you put them at one. I, one point. I'm not. You have Carolina over the high-powered Seattle yeah. Seahawks. Home. Carolina's the home team. Seattle has to fly halfway across the country, and I just have a feeling. I I heard one of, be good. I heard one of the local stations talking today that uh, Chico down there, uh, Ron Rivera is going to need nine wins. Yeah. To uh, to survive. Number ten defense last year. They improved by picking up players in the draft that make a difference on that defense. They're going to be a ten defense man this year. They're going to be Bears like. Uh, I'll tell you where it's not going to be good is out in New York with the Jets. Uh, I have Tampa Bay over them with uh, thirteen points. Wow. Uh, Rex is in a bad spot. They're starting Geno Smith. Yeah, I got the Jets over Tampa with two points. I got Tampa over the Jets with two points. Very nice. Wow. Hello? Yeah. Well, that's been Larcher versus Lawrence and versus Lauren. 
Uh, we'll do a few more in the overtime. We'll go to a couple more. But uh, thank you for tuning in to the live show. Those of you that did, I do appreciate it. Al, I'm so glad that you're still with us. I'm alive, man. I am alive. All, I'm back, Al. All of this is the overtime, really. Everything since last Thursday evening. That's right. Because I almost had a final time. My show almost got canceled. It was almost the Lawrenson and uh, uh, <laughs> Lauren Lawrenson show. Or you would have had a, 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 a what was it? The Expendables uh, show every this week. This is a Ricky Ricardo production. Expendables last week. The Rocky podcast. You weren't here to listen to it. We uh we were sitting here that night last Wednesday night, and uh, things got a little rough. They did. I. It, it, it went silent for a while, and that silence I felt may have been a, a sign. Yeah, that was, that was like a signal from you. you was probably, that you giving you, me the? Were you giving me telepath? I was doing yeah. telepathic there. That's. I remembered I had this feeling of Al's in trouble, and I was like, "Nah, Al's fine." Your spidey senses were correct. They were. Fire. They were on fire that night. Fire! Oh, you should have seen when the man burnt down. Beautiful. Let's say in the uh, the the NFC North there. Minnesota at Detroit. Minnesota. How many points? One. Yeah. I got Minnesota over Detroit with eight. I got Detroit over Minnesota with ten. Again, back to Madden. I've only played two games of the new Madden. And uh, game two was against the Minnesota Vikings. I couldn't stop Adrian Peterson, and we lost that game. Wow. We doggy. How you doing over there, Al? Texting. Yeah. Who, who are you texting? The text lines are open. <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine. If you're listening to the podcast, please text Al. If, well, no matter what day. Yeah. Text Al. What's the text line, Al? The text line, yeah. Even if you're listening on the recordings, the who text line is Stitcher? now open. 773-559-5189. I will answer all your sports-related questions or really any related question. I'm a lonely man. Very lonely. All right. We'll see if Al remembers that. Make, make sure that whenever you hear this, that you do text Al. Just text him, you survived, exclamation oh, point, exclamation point. But not point. during the off hours, which Clark still has a problem oh, with. I, I got a pre- get, get out. I have done much text. better. What, wait, what are the no texting larcher hours? From 8.30 a.m. A.M., you can start texting. That's when the text line's open for the larcher. Okay, I'm allowed to text from 8.30 until... Midnight. Midnight? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still doing well because I go to bed before midnight a lot now. Right. You're like me. You're starting to get old. Well, yeah. we're the same no, age. No, that's so. for sure. Let's see Let's see what time the text came in this morning. Hi, this is Merle Haggard, and you're listening to Big Isle Archers. Stay tuned. Good luck as you Jimbo back into everyday life. Yeah. 7.45 oh, yeah. this morning. Oh, I failed. What an asshole. I was actually driving back from Indianapolis. Jimbo, so it, it was it was eight forty five where I was. Okay, well maybe that's maybe I'll excuse you for time zone issues. I was Jimboing back to life. <laughs> Jimboing back Jimbo in everyday back. life has been difficult. Well, it was early. I was having trouble texting. I was having trouble texting. God, I gotta tell you, I started that interview off earlier like like crap. <laughs> I dropped You're the ball all over the place, man. <laughs> you were lost. I was in the so interested in playing music behind your damn story. I got into I got into your desert story, like, man. I saw the Chicago Cubs are a team in Chicago, I, and they got they got baseball they play, and uh, there's a pretty good. They got some new players, and some of the old players are gone. And now I don't. Uh, what do you think of that? And the guy's like, I sound like, like his dad, John from the Cubs. You dad know, is like, huh? <laughs> what? What? How did I get on this show? No, but you fixed it by by calling me out. Thank you. Anytime. I just wanted to let them know that you know we're professionals. We just, you know, you were just you were lost in the desert of. Uh, I was thought. lost in the desert. I never got to ask him about the kid they signed from Boston, and here's why I didn't ask him because I know his name is Daniel. I think it's Bard, but it might be Baird, and I didn't want to say it wrong. B a r d. That's never stopped me. Is that Daniel Baird? Bard. Know. No, you're right. I Mark Tresterman. Well, I I got to all the other things, and then I realized we hadn't really talked about the Bears. That much at all, and we needed to get to it. Sure. We needed to get to it. Oh, my goodness. And we do get to it this Sunday, 
Call your local pay-per-view provider because this will be the greatest game in the history of sports entertainment as the Chicago Bears at home in Chicago take on Tyler Eifert, who, by the way, is a beast of a tight end who they drafted that the Bears could have gotten instead of Jake Long. But now I'm happy we got Jake Long. Wow. You just danced all around yourself with that one. I dig it. Yeah. No, I I didn't expect him to pick Long. I thought they were going Eifert that time, too. Eifert would have been a great pick, but... We got Bennett, we got the black unicorn, and God knows I saw plenty of unicorns when I was at Burning Man, because there's a lot of unicorns. Yeah. My goodness. Lauren, thank you so much for uh, for joining us for the Larcher. Oh, yeah, baby, thank you. The Triple L Pick'em. I hope you kick Clark's ass. But I hope I beat you. Houston or San Diego? Why? Nice, Texas. That's a good reason. I got Houston over San Diego, 14 points of confidence. I'm sure of that. Houston over San Diego, 7 points. By the way, I got the Giants over the Cowboys. Three. Wow. I got Giants over the Cowboys, 8. Okay, you showed me up there. You got the Cowboys? Okay, that's a lot, but it's actually not a bad pick. She could just whoop us on that one. That actually could work. That's not a bad pick. Because that's a tough game. You might have it. And did you pick Dallas because of Texas again? Oh, good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, She drafted her team based on, her, her fantasy team based on Hotness. Didn't Belky do that on Perfect Strangers once and made a lot so. of money? I think so. NFLICandy.com. Really? They got the, what? They got the guys in the tight pants there. Or? Guys, thanks for listening to the Larcher and Lawrence Sports Show. We appreciate it. Pittsburgh over Tennessee, seven points of confidence. Every week, we're on Blog Talk Radio. We're on your Stitcher app. We're on the iTunes as well. St. Louis over Arizona. Tweet us any of your questions. We'll feature them on the next show. At Larger Lawrenson. Like us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Even the other ones. You know what I'm talking about. Yikes. No, no, I don't. Huh? Hey, we didn't talk about the other thing you did in the desert. What did I do? Poop? Oh, the yeah. other thing. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to talk about No, we don't want to talk about it. I've only done that at every job I've ever had and every desert I've ever been at. <laughs> Larcher and Lawrence. Everyone needs a release, man. I'm, I'm Al Larcher. I'm Clark Lawrence, and she was Lauren Mueller. Thanks for tuning in. What did you get yourself into? No. Uh.